0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 515 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how are we doing today?
0: I'm not melting and I'm not freezing, so I guess that's okay.
1: Good, and hey, I wanted to um, uh, save this one for the main show. Uh, I talked, or I will talk enough on After Dark about other maladies that I have, but I dropped my MP3 player in the sink today.
0: Oh no, and they don't make (laughs) MP3 players
1: anymore. They do make MP3 players, Todd, how dare you? Um, But I do currently have my one that I've had for a long time now in a bag of rice, Mm. in the hopes that it's going to suck all the moisture out of it i don't think it's going to work i think this one is uh gone off to the great beyond you know
0: right i think i actually have an unopened mp3 player somebody gave me a while back if i can find it i'll take a picture of it and send it to you and see if you want it if it doesn't i
1: I appreciate it but more times than not most people have those sans discs ones right and i'm a snob and i only like my sony walkman ones
0: oh boy, your disc man
1: yeah, because I again listen. I I used to have a disc command that I would rip MP3s onto a disc and use that as my MP3 player before. You know, because I wasn't an Apple person, I never will be. Uh, even though I do have a new fancier phone, I could technically use that as my MP3 player, but then that's going to f- interfere with my Pokemon. And uh, my Marvel Puzzle Quest. So I like having the separate dedicated MP3 player until I drop it in the sink. Um, But I do. I always have a backup on these things. I have my wife's MP3 player that she hasn't used since not this past November, but the prior November.
0: Doesn't she use those for the Euro Wizard Harry books?
1: Well, that's the thing. She's now she used to be an audiobook person, but now she's a digital book person ah she uses her, like and i went and i got her like a fancy kindle that she can use and then she just uses her phone anyway <laughs> but her mp3 player that um is also a sony i was able to like kind of plug both in transfer everything that was on there to the to hers it's a little less memory but that's okay um and like i said i just have this one at a bag of price and we'll see what happens but uh just looking at the screen through the the plastic bag i'm like i think this guy's gone to the great beyond which just means i have to go order a new one so i have a backup for my backup you know what i mean that makes
0: total sense to me you should get them in triplicates tell you the truth
1: uh triplicate triplicates are for lists and so forth technology we just do the (laughs) one backup gotcha gotcha this coming from a person who has all of his pictures uh backed up in one two three three quadruplicate. So that's a little bit different.
0: Yeah, but that's incriminating stuff. You don't want to lose any of that.
1: Yes, the pictures of my kid are very incriminating. Right.
0: Your he kid is doing wait. a lot of
1: incriminating things and stuff that he'll be very embarrassed. He's currently very embarrassed of. Right. Um, But I'm not going to be that person that's like, oh, your little girlfriend's over. Let me show you all these pictures of you as a baby. <laughs> it's like, eh, whatever, they exist. If she wants to see him that bad, she can see them, you know? There you go um so we actually have a podcast to do here today todd in mm-hmm. regards to the world of comic books and uh you know it was getting a little close there todd i was sweating thought we weren't gonna have much to talk about you know we got some official word on the uh ed brubaker sean phillips next thing that they're doing that we broke uh on the <laughs> show here because i subscribed to his email list what
0: live um, as as it came through on the email
1: That's right. Uh, Some official announcement in regards to the Black Widow movie. Maybe, possibly, kind (laughs) of, sorta. You know, how you can get those uh, free comic book day books that you may have missed or your local retailer may have forgotten to give you since free comic book day is now spread out over nine weeks. And, uh... Hey, Todd, is DC okay? Can somebody go check on DC? Are they doing Okay.
0: In these troubling times, Todd, uh, DC, somebody looking on them.
1: Uh, And we do have the return of convention talk, but not in the way (laughs) that you would expect. Digital sales and freebies. Uh, We have what we read from this past week, which includes uh, Batman 96 and Strange Adventures number four. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. A bunch of things and some fun stories for Todd's Art Attack, and the season finale of Stargirl. Which of our predictions came through? Which of our predictions were baseless lies? And was this worth our time, and in turn, you, the listener's time? You have to wait at the end of the show for that.
0: Right. Best CGI or best CGI ever? That's the question we answer.
1: Well, on a scale (laughs) of Solomon Grundy to the Scorpion King. So uh, the official announcement came out of what the title and some of the themes of the next Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips uh, joint is going to be Uh, the first of a series of graphic novels are going to be coming out in December, which means it'll be in the next set of previews that'll be coming out at the end of this month. Uh, Be sure to sign up for the series Reckless, Reckless, it happens all the time. Um, takes place more in the '80s, private eye stuff, uh, the usual thing. But as we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, that this is going to be released as a series of graphic novels, um, over what every three to four months, I think they had said.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Right, and Brubaker then had to come out and correct like all the press releases and all the talks about it was that it was like it's all the stuff says that we're going to be putting out. It's a three graphic novel thing. It's like no, no, we have the first three done. There's more of this story, and it's going to be coming out later, but we have the first, like, three of them done, ready to go.
0: Right. Probably because they had some time on their hands.
1: Right. Some troubling time. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so it looks like uh, December, April is the second one, and then whatever the timetable ends up being for the next one after that. No definitive dates there. But, like I said, Reckless, when it comes out in the previews catalog in... I'm looking at a calendar here. Preview should be out in two weeks. Go order that. Uh, It is worth it. Sight and scene. Like Ed Brubaker is one of those guys we've talked about on the show before. He's doing a book. You just tell me the title and when it comes out and I'll be there. I don't need to know the artist. It's probably going to be Sean Phillips. That's cool. I don't need to know what it's about. They do good work. Just tell me the title and when it comes out so I can go get it.
0: Right, and Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips book Set in the 80s about private eyes I'm watching you So I'll do it, no problem
1: So There's a Black Widow book That's coming out um, mm-hmm. That was supposed to be coming out in conjunction With the movie And with all the books being cancelled And postponed And so on and so forth This was one of the books That did not get a release date Until now um, it just officially got a release date for the first week in September. That coupled with Disney announcing that Mulan is going to be on Disney Plus as a $30 feed. This is starting to make people think that Black Widow is going to get the same treatment.
0: hmm
1: I don't. I don't either. Um, Mulan, I, I... Yeah, Mulan is, not a, is not a Marvel movie. No offense to Mulan.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. So, I mean, Black Widow, even if it's not, you know, even if it's a middle of the road Marvel movie, that's like hundreds of millions of dollars. And I don't know what any of the other like uh, the live action remakes of the uh, past Disney movies, which apparently because they make a ton of money because they don't have to pay the old writers for their like, you know, they don't have to uh, residuals or anything um, that Any of them made, so I, I, maybe it's more profitable, it's still profitable to put out on video on demand, but man, you just don't want to lose that, that theater ticket money on Black Widow.
1: Right, and and that's the thing, and I think, like I said, because this book got announced, a lot of people are like, oh, that means we'll get an announcement about Black Widow soon, the movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're gonna I think they're gonna hold that one as close to their Vest as they possibly can Until they can safely release that into the Theaters more Mm -hmm. importantly To the foreign markets
0: Right yep that's where a lot of that money's made When did movie making Become a business Joe
1: Exactly Um well we'll Uh yeah you know what When did movie making become a business Todd um On one of the other podcasts that I listen to between the sheets, they talk about professional wrestling and a lot of professional wrestling that comes up involves Jim Crockett promotions, the NWA, WCW, and they no longer exist and haven't existed for quite some time. And every time a story comes up uh, that you can't believe happened, they say, WCW, everybody, (laughs) we're getting to the point where we're going to have to start saying DC Comics, everybody. Right. So, um, over the last 24 to 48 hours, and everyone's calling it everything from an implosion to a bloodletting to a whatever, and DC has let dozens and dozens of people go from every facet of their business. Right. So, I don't... Okay, this is bad okay it's bad people losing their jobs as a blanket statement um during everything that's going on currently as is my understanding standing people are being told uh that they still have their jobs until december is what i understand is that correct
0: that's what i think i'm not like because it's all gray but that's what it looks like
1: Right. We don't have an official announcement yet. You know, it's just a lot of rumor and innuendo. We don't typically deal in rumor and innuendo, but it's a story this big. We have to address it, of course. Um, This is hopefully not as bad. I'm I'm optimistic, as optimistic as you could be about a company letting dozens and dozens of people out of their jobs.
0: Yes, I agree. And I'm like... (sighs) it's bad, but I, I think good can come out of it. But a lot of people are saying like, Oh, it's because of this or because of that, how much are they going to lay at certain ex, you know, editor and chief's feet and everything. It all has to do. I was even discussing this with somebody. It has all, everything to do with the merger of AT&T buying Warner brothers. And I mean, like it's, it, they are axing people across the board, like HBO got a bunch of people like, like, Cut blah blah blah. So it's all it is not even, it's not so much even just the comic industry or like the way the company's been run. It just seems heads have to roll to make up money somewhere,
1: right? And this is another issue, of course. We we talk about when did comics become a business, of course. We've also lamented. In the past that, you know, Marvel comics, physical print, or digital comics will never go away because it's essentially an IP farm for Disney to make money with these characters. Mm -hmm. And the fact that DC hasn't been able to do that with the same success with arguably characters that were already more ingrained, like Marvel had to work to get Iron Man over, to get Thor over, to get black panther over and they did so then it was easier to get everyone else over because you've gotten like these characters that have essentially been like looked at as second and third tier characters in the world's eyes over where dc had batman and i could just stop right there yeah they also had superman you know and to a lesser
0: extent wonder woman too right. you know like in the in the zeitgeist of america because let me tell you uh, that little you know movie about a talking tree and a raccoon like they weren't you know household names the guardians of the galaxy before uh-huh. all this started and like you said iron man they got lucky with iron man and robert downey jr like that that movie kick started everything and they just i Warner Brothers just figured, oh, we're just going to do a Batman versus Superman movie, and we're going to make a bajillion dollars. And, I mean, they made a lot of money, but, like, it's just not the cohesive universe. And they're looking at, like, why aren't – you just know the empty suits are like, why aren't we doing that? We have IPs that are way more famous than any of these characters before they popped up. Why isn't that happening? You don't know? You're all fired.
1: Right, like we, we live in a world where my four-year-old niece doesn't care who Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman is, but not only knows who Star-Lord is, but knows that Yondu, in the movies at least, is his dad. <laughs> right. You know, and like, I, I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. You know what I mean?
0: No, I getcha, I get yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So hopefully this will be the thing that finally gets DC back on track. Mm-hmm and turns the comics into the IP farm that they should be to make money hand over fist in TV and movies and everything else Mm -hmm. not to say that the CW movies are not successful because they are you know the Marvel TV shows not as much and people could say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a thing and I you know I I don't believe you
0: which it's just finally ended now so you know
1: I could have swore it ended right before Winter Soldier if you asked me
0: Ah. (laughs) <laughs> but i think the two things that are coming out of this one is one is more personal which will be the second one that i'm going to get to is i think you're going to see Uh, like obviously the implosion that they're calling it, which has to do with like the seventies when DC had a giant DC explosion. I don't know if you know the story behind that. And they were like, that's what they called it. It's like the DC explosion. We're going to put all the extra titles out. We're going to do all this. And it's going to be, you know, you're going to love it and you're going to eat it all up. And it didn't work. And they had to do massive cuts and it became like, everybody remembered it as the DC implosion. So the explosion. So that's happening again. And I think the one bad thing that's going to come from it is we're going to they're going to cut titles to the bone. And it just means some guy, and you know. I- an upper up is just gonna be like more Batman. Like we need more Batman. Like if you think Batman's bad now, look out, here it comes. Like, and I'm like, okay, you know, I like my flash and I like my green lantern. So hopefully that won't happen. But the second rumor that I, that I heard. And if it's true, cuts me to the core is that DC collectibles. I don't know what that is. I call it DC direct. Um, That's going away. And I'm truly sad about that, that all this stuff will be licensed out. And I don't feel like we will get the cool merchandise and props that we did from the people who knew the the, the IPs and stuff like that. It's like, oh, like I, a flash ring from DC Direct and a reverse flash that opens up. And, you know, we have this other stuff over the years that I've collected like a Sandman key to hell, which I I needed to own. Like, I didn't want it when I saw it in the previews. I needed it. So I bought it. I don't know if, like, if I'll ever get A like Jay Garrick replica helmet Or if I do Will it be the quality Of what DC Direct would do Because it it would always be expensive stuff Knowing that the cultish Like loyal fan would buy that Where now it's a licensed product They have to make money too And it's like well make it You know make it nice but don't make it You know metal make it plastic So I don't know I'm just If DC Direct does go away it's It's literally the end of an era for me Because I bought tons of stuff from them over the years.
1: So I'll I'll ask this um to play a little devil's advocate of course. Um when was the last time that you bought something from DC direct? Um
0: now definitely during the Flash TV run I bought the reverse flash ring, I bought mm. um a badge a, like a uh what do you call it? a Central City Police Department badge. I bought. I know, like in there during one of the anniversaries of, uh, I bought an onk that was like a replica of the one Death War. Um, the statues I stopped buying because they went from like porcelain and and res to resin plastic, which I can Harlem Globetrotters on my finger. They don't have any heft to them, but if they did have something. I would buy it, but the problem in that is they they once again it was like the the books things were disappearing. It's like right we don't do posters anymore. You want a poster, you got to go to Walmart or you know Spencer's to get a DC poster. So it wasn't me lack of wanting stuff;
1: it was lack mm-hmm. of getting stuff. You know, right? So that's kind of where I'm leaning to is so things have been on the downturn at DC Direct for maybe the better part of the last five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So hopefully with DC Direct going away, and this is, it at least opens up the chance of other people, other makers of these things, picking up those DC licenses. So you don't have to look at like, okay, we only have budget to put out five things or six things this year, okay? Right. We got to pick from this list of 40 of what the six we're going to put out is. Well, if we have a list of 40 things, we could send like six here, six here, six here, six here. And kind of like, you know, people pitch their things. And a lot of things is like, there are people that are like you and I who are fans of these things and have never gotten them. And it's a little bit different with some of the toy companies today, like Super 7, NECA, places like that, that pick up these alternate license. And they're making the stuff that no one, the collectors, at least in the toy side, never thought they'd see in a million years. Right. But that's now starting to expand into the collectible market with companies like neck and companies like Super 7, who are kind of expanding beyond just the toys and going to more of those weird and unique collectibles of, like, when I was a kid, I wanted this thing from Ninja Turtles, let's say. And they never made it. I now work for the company that has the Ninja Turtle license. We're making it.
0: A la uh, see me in my Casey Jones prop mask, you know what exactly. I mean? Right. That, that obviously was done out of love because no, who. Why you know, was
1: there not a Casey Jones mask at the height of Ninja Turtles in the 90s? Or, any why kind. wasn't there a Casey Jones mask when like the Turtles had like their third or their fourth or their fifth run through? Because right. somebody didn't care. Now somebody who cared and wanted that casey jones mask as a kid works for the company that makes the casey jones masks and he was the probably the one that pitched it and said we need to make the casey jones mask
0: right i, I totally agree and it makes me wonder because i was like i said i was talking with someone and maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall when all of a sudden todd McFarlane got the rights to do a lot of dc figures mm-hmm. Because that seemed to be, because regardless of what I collected over the years, like my statues, my props, my replicas from DC Direct, man, the DC Direct's bread and butter was the figures. And obviously Mattel had some and stuff like that. But when they announced that McFarland was going to be doing the most of the DC figures for DC, like that should have been a... a a tell that we that none of us really saw. We're like, ah, he's a popular guy who does, you know, the toys and does good good toys and stuff like that, but never saw it coming. So I hope you're right. I hope we do get stuff because I'll take my star girl uh, replica staff. I'm sorry, Jack Knight replica staff. <laughs> I got no problem. I'll buy one of those in a heartbeat, man.
1: Yeah, Uh, and and like I said, one can only hope that the market is there for these sort of things, the need is there for these things, and the fact that getting out of that DC Direct umbrella and going to other places where people who are fans make these things happen. It's not going to happen tomorrow, it's going to happen a year or two down the line, but at least we're going to get more stuff where Todd, someone who, like I said, got the key to hell, maybe at some point they're going to sell, like, Sandman's Helm, you know? (sighs) Ooh. right you know what i mean like because okay so they did the key how long ago they never did the ruby they never did the bag of sand they never did the helm <laughs> you know what i mean you have an incomplete collection todd no i i i know
0: i totally agree <laughs> i remember when they were going to do the dr fate helmet and it never uh-huh. came out yep that was they did pictures, I was like, I'll buy one of those And I did see One time uh, When I went to DC with Tom That they had the 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 Hawkman helmet Prototype that they were going to use And they were like, it's way too Like the budget, nobody's going to buy a, Like a $1,200 Hawkman helmet And I was like, I yeah. might I might, but uh, I, know
1: about, I know a guy who bought a $1,700 eraser So people will buy anything if they want it bad enough You know what I mean?
0: $1,700 eraser yes okay I'm
1: gonna...
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't write know that I... one
1: down yep it was either that or his third uh life-size replica of Han Solo frozen in carbonite
0: okay and I just want to say on the last note on the Casey <laughs> Jones masks I do believe I have four And I'm looking to get two more so I can take one out of the box and have five unopened ones. Because that seems like a good number to have, Joe. Is five ready to go in case I have to battle the hand uh, or the Foot Clan outside my house and the first one smashes.
1: We have one for every day of the week.
0: Oh, that would be great. Just write the day of the week on the inside and go fight crime.
1: I know this is usually more of a uh, Patreon show thing, but let's look. Casey... Jones replica mask. Yes. Um, uh, and I guess yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's like, i alone. You got a hundred
0: dollars you want to burn? Okay, Joe. You now you're in my wheelhouse. Go to eBay and punch it in, and from NECA you can get them for twenty nine dollars, which is because they have an eBay account that they sell their own stuff. So it's like their store. You can get them for $29. And your best deal is to get two at the same time, because the shipping is the cheapest. If you do three, which I've looked into, I'm not a sick man, Joe. Um, I've looked into three, then the, 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 the shipping goes off. And I was like, four or five on top of it gets crazy. So I could probably get two more masks for around $70, $74. So...
1: Yeah, and that's, and, and that's crazy that like you could get it direct from the people that makes them for 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could buy them for, like from Joe Schmo eBay for like a hundred dollars.
0: Right. See, uh, you got to give me credit. I'm an expert on Casey Jones replica prop problem. Sure. So.
1: sure. And, and I... like I a neck and, ne- and neck of the company that I mentioned, obviously it's a little bit different of what they have with the different movie license and stuff, but that's the thing. Like they have a store where it's a lot of horror movie stuff. It's a lot of movie stuff. You know, but then, like, as you scroll through it, like, here's a here's a Bob Ross figure, right? Right. Uh, here's, you know, whatever. Here's things from video games. Here's things from Gremlins. Here's what it is. But the thing about NECA and these companies is they're also doing all their stuff in scale with each other. Yes. So mo- if you get the NECA thing, if you get the toy from NECA, and then you get the other thing from Super 7, or you get, like, whatever Mattel or Hasbro are putting on Everything's in scale,
0: right? If they like with the line, whatever that they're doing, like they'll have their predator line, they'll have their turtle line. They might be different sizes from each other, but the turtle line is all the same. And the looks, like if they're doing a look, like they're doing the movie line, all the movie line is the same size. Yep. Now maybe the comic line is all the same, and they have a DC license. They had the cool like aliens and predators versus Superman and Batman. And I ended up and it was one of my favorite things I ever bought was the Superman versus Muhammad Ali two pack, which the car- the they're they're made to look like artwork. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Give DC more, or give a NECA more DC products, and I'll yeah. buy them. So.
1: And that's yeah, the thing. I, I, like, let's say neck. And that's the thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Let's say neck gets that DC license, and they decide to put out the the Flash replica helmet. You know, right? You're aware because you've dealt with them. You've seen their product before. You know that it's going to come out, and you know that it's not going to be something that they rake you over the coals for.
0: Right And or at least if it's going to be expensive, and I don't mean they break the bank expensive, it's going to be quality. You know what I mean? Right. Because I've seen what they can do. and And basically, to come all the way back around to d c. Direct, what I liked about d c. Direct is they earned my respect with my money. Yes, I may have paid a lot for that item, but whatever item I got was quality, and now I have to swim out into the sea of uncertainty again, Joe, and find my way, so that's it, I just, you know what, in all this, as I know with you, is uncertainty bothers me, I like stability and the same, if you will, Joe.
1: Right, so, you know, and where where it comes in with me is, like, I don't get any of this stuff, right. you know? They make a Captain Cold heatwave two-pack of figures based on the TV show. I'm getting those. Right. But until that happens, eh, you know, they can do whatever they want
0: now let me ask you a quick question would you like tomorrow they did captain cold's cold gun done to make to look like the scott collins ones from the comic any interest at all or is like all this stuff uh, like me it would be like can i get a set to to display and a set to wear but like is there stuff for you that would
1: that would is there anything okay (laughs) uh not the gun the goggles Goggles. Now, I'll even go you a step further. The parka? Okay. Parka notwithstanding. I've looked into, like, like the cosplay people that do the parka, and that's way outside of my pay grade, skill level, whatever you want to say, right? Mm-hmm. This might be a different level of sickness. But if they could do the Captain Cold goggles, and I could take them to my... Uh, my eye doctor and I can get prescription lenses at them. Mm-hmm. I would do that.
0: I'm going to tell you a little tale out of school. Me and Josh <laughs> used to go to, I'm going to used to go to New York comic-con Um, and get, and, and get in line. They have the DC booth and you can get sketches, you know, like this, you get your stuff signed. It's always free there. It's always free. But Josh knew a guy who worked for DC direct. And that was his job in the, in the, in, in the offices. But he also worked. you know, they all hands on deck for the con. You know what I mean? Like, so they would bring stuff and put it on display for DC Direct. And they're like, well, while you're here, t- direct traffic over at the, at, the, at the table so we don't have people, you know, throwing fists for getting in line. And this one guy recognized Josh every year and, and got to know me a little bit less. And every year he would ask us what we wanted from DC direct because like he kind of got to know that we were fans and every year we were pushing and I almost cursed Joe. I, I we pushed those, those captain cold goggles. We were like, we want to set a captain cold goggles. I'll take the guns too, but they have to be like comic book accurate. Not like the TV show. He's like, no, I get it. And we discussed and man, oh man, like, uh, and I actually worry about that guy because we got to know him. Like, I hope he found another job at DC. Like, it all comes around to that. But, man, I pushed those goggles so hard. I did not think to go make them be able to get, you know, put your prescriptions in them because right. that might have been the extra, you know, shove that got those, those goggles made, Joe.
1: That's a different level of sickness, right? It is. Well,
0: you're talking to the guy with uh, four of Casey Jones
1: masks. So what am I going to say? see the the gun i get you but the problem is the gun would be a display item and that would end up being the beginning of a collection see
0: that's how it started with me and like i have a lot of prop stuff but then that comes into like pick because for a while i was like with statues and stuff i was buying everything because i was going to keep the collection going but with props it's like oh it's a i'm trying to think of a character that i don't like at d Not that i don't like that i don't care about but it would be like oh uh so-and-so's i can't even think but i want that you know like with the other stuff i could, i had my ways of talking myself out of certain things <laughs> but then there were certain things like if it was a flash prop that was comic book accurate it would be like oh we have rainbow raider goggles too i'm like please tell me they shoot different colored lights because i'll take 10 thank you right but you know uh just uh like maybe a Ra's Ghoul something. I'm like, I'm not as big of a fan. I don't want his sword cane or whatever. I'm, I'm good. You know?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, I did have that. And this is a long time ago. This is like before I had a kid, uh, I would get the busts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, DC didn't do so much on the busts. Marvel did and A lot of other properties did. So I had a bunch of busts for like your second and third tier villains, like Kang being the most notably because he plays into the story But then they start putting out ones for, like, the Transformers, right? Right. And they put one out of uh, Devastator, which is, you know, what all the Constructicons transform into when they combine, right? I love that. I have fond memories of that toy. They had a bust of Devastator. I'm like, I want Devastator, okay? Right. So then we get into, like, okay, now they're dipping even deeper into the, the Marvel villains' pool of, like, here's Beetle. And here's Scorpion. And here's like the third and like the the third and fourth people down in the Sinister Six. Right. Like we're not tied. Like Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, not even that. Like the shock, (laughs) stuff like that. Right. Right. I'm like, okay, this is where I am. I don't want Venom. I want the Chameleon. And then we start getting like more Transformers ones coming out. Like, well, if I have Devastator, I really should get the individual busts of the other Constructicons too. Right. Right. Okay. So then I have them all on display. And I'm not going to name names, but bear in mind, I said this was before Ace and it wasn't me. But <laughs> some, someone knocked my Kang bust off of where it was and broke the cape off of it because, you know, oh. Kang has got like a big cape off the back. Right. And it was at that point where I was like, I'm done. Uh, this is too risky of a hobby to have. There's too too many variables involved of other people that could break these things or ruin these things so i just gave them to people i'm like who wants these oh, see
0: if i had known that two quick questions two quick questions did you ever have starscream as the king from the transformers the movie wearing the crown
1: no i did have starscream but not starscream as the king
0: okay now, two, what did you do with your collection of busts of the third best rogues gallery in
1: comics? Gave them to the people.
0: Just gave them all away?
1: I, the, the comic book shops that I was going to to play Heroclix when I was playing Heroclix way back then, mm-hmm. I said to the people that were there, and I'm like, I have these busts. If you want them, come get them.
0: Not even looking into any of them if they were rare or expensive? No.
1: Wow. Just one of oh. them. Oh, you know what? Okay. I did. And like, they were like, I think I paid like on average, let's say 40 bucks for each one. And I think at the time, which would have been maybe about like 2007, 2008. Right. Uh, like none of them were like, like if one was $45, that was the most,
0: most of right. them were
1: like, as what I paid for them or less.
0: I did the bow and statues for Marvel, and a lot of like some of them, like the like all the stuff that later became popular because of these movies yeah. jumped. Like, but the busts to a lesser extent, unless they were some weird character that was like lightly made, um, the busts don't really go for a lot of money because I ended up getting busts of characters. I was like, oh, if that's the only way to get this character, then I'll buy it,
1: you know. So you're okay all right so convention news (laughs) uh and the convention news is that there is no conventions i i can safely say that with the official cancellation of new york comic-con the first weekend in october uh that there will be no conventions big conventions for the rest of 2020 in the united states
0: there's one after that baltimore's after we have the hope Give us hope,
1: Joe. If New York is canceled, I feel everyone else is going to go the same way. I agree. I was just, you know,
0: throwing that out there.
1: But hope is not lost, Todd. Because Pop, who does New York and Keystone and all the other conventions that they've swiped up, this weekend, they're having Metaverse. We're bringing the fun of their conventions to you digitally. And they have all sorts of different things: of anime people, comic book people, Doctor Who people, sci-fi and fantasy people, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And for a moderate price, and I will give them that, this is a very moderate price. Um, not too crazy, and you know, not so much that like, you know, people are I think are getting fleeced <laughs> for your favorite creators or stars or whatever. You could pay a nominal fee to get a three-minute video meet-and-greet with them. Right? right. Now, I was saying that looking at the comic book people. As I go over to the Doctor Who people, I'm embarrassed.
0: An embarrassment of riches, Joe?
1: Hell, see, the comic book people at least are nice and give you three minutes of their time. The Doctor Who people will only give you two minutes of your time or a personalized recorded video message emailed to you.
0: So it's like metaverse cameo.
1: Yeah. And like I said, they have a bunch of like, I guess, what would be like, uh, you know, we talked before about the DC stuff, the DC direct stuff. Uh, There's Dr. Who stuff. There's Star Trek stuff. um, Supernatural, Overwatch, whatever it is, like all these different things. If you're into the thing, then you could get the thing with them, right? Right. Um, The official Metaverse shirt might be a little too pricey for my liking, which will probably be a direct-to-garment shirt. But people are trying, man. They're trying to do something, trying to keep that connectivity, trying to keep that fan base who lives for those conventions engaged when most people can't leave their house. And even if they could, there's nothing out there for them to go to.
0: Right. Uh, And and I look at it, that's a great thing. And they will end up probably doing like, uh, you know, like panels or something that you can watch too. So I give them credit, like whatever. It brings the hobby to the fans and I'm never going to knock that. But with that said, maybe we should announce the Longbox Heroes, you know, three minute of our time, Joe and Todd Opportunity. (laughs) <laughs> Skype us and for a buck You know we'll tell you nothing Absolutely nothing a good story at least I just found that amusing that it's like Oh like I can't I, I think That's going to be a big thing in the Future is a lot of people Are going to be doing the like cameo Is caught on and now it's Going to be a ton of other like The spider web everybody trying it Now so it's going to be Like streaming services where can you Get your cameo from
1: I, I You know what I'll go you one better uh just for some clarity sake it's a dollar six a minute because we gotta pay taxes on these right uh a dollar six for th- oh no you know what it has to be two it has to be two dollars and twelve cents because a dollar for me and a dollar for todd if you want us both right um so you just want me or just want todd that's a dollar six for the three minutes Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to be at the Mahoning Drive-In this weekend, Friday or Saturday, you could just give me a sweaty, crumpled-up dollar bill thrown at me from a six-foot distance, and I'll give you three minutes of my time there.
0: That's right, because if you ha- if you don't transfer it, and it's just cash in hand, you could save that six cents.
1: That's right. Uh, don't tell so, the government. No, I don't tell the government nothing. <laughs> right. Even though they li- they listen to me on every device that's in my home, there's no escaping them, so
0: except for your waterlogged mp3 player
1: that's true uh so yeah you know uh, read pop trying something good for them uh as todd mentioned i could see other people other conventions other whatever's trying something different on their own dime um like i said as i delved further into some of the media guests it did get a little bit pricey but if you're a comic book person um you know marguerite Bennett, teeny howard uh Kerry randolph greg capullo tom king scott snyder mitch gerads you know all very reasonably priced yep and uh you know i know a while ago i think for a charity might have been for comic book legal defense fund. jason aaron was doing something similar out of his own time and dime no
0: that was recently just now you mean
1: like within the last like
0: couple months Okay, because he just did one this week. It it was probably uh, Hero Initiative.
1: Okay, there you go. It was Hero Initiative. It was an amount. I don't know what the amount was, but I guess he's fulfilling them now.
0: Right. No, and I think he just opened a new one recently, and I was going to join up, but he said we could talk about anything, comics, movies, and most likely wrestling, and I was like, I'm out. He's a big uh, college football guy. Oh, that's true. We could have talked about the Alabama Crimson
1: Tide. Yeah, he's a, he's a Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. You could have, oh. you called, you You're call uh, <laughs> you Jason Aaron and tell him that you uh, tangentially know Orange Cassidy.
0: Oh, he... <laughs> I've I, I knew Orange Cassidy before. He was cool.
1: He's always been cool. How dare you? True. Anyway uh all that'll be in the links uh with the show notes I'll probably keep the information there uh about the read Pop deal they're doing this weekend just in case that strikes your fancy in the show notes as well as soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com soon to be named network.tumblr.com all the shows in our network like-minded individuals it's not like a network of things that you could find on like a podcatcher or whatever it's just a joke but all the stuff exists over on the site whether it be this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, celebrating its 300th episode this week. Uh, I can't sing. looks like we made it because then I'll have to pay the rights for it. Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, At Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, and uh, at, um, Wednesday Night War. And if you're a At Odds with Wrestling fan, uh, you know maybe uh, you heard after dark already and then you got some news regarding add ons there but if you yeah i think it's like yeah to would be the patreon but anyway um <laughs> anyway uh all the links will be there digital sales as well a lot of holdovers from the last couple weeks um the marvel falcon winter soldier sale valiant sci-fi sale idw's transformers sale uh marvel has also added a spider verse sale as they've been trying to build that up over the last couple years a lot of that stuff is on sale there's lots of different iterations of spider man for you to check out and then dc is having a sale on number ones i think it's every number one ever is on sale which is a very weird sale that they do Hmm. but you know they should they should give all these number ones away for free as i'm doing the thing that i hate the most whispering in the microphone they should give all these number ones away for free and it should be a number two sale where you get number one for free and here buy number two for cheap
0: that's a good idea
1: oh if only somebody at dc oh no they're not hiring people right now (laughs) oh they're letting people go en masse. oh okay
0: but if they had your sales genius they wouldn't have to
1: i got i got ideas man i'm an idea guy you know Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm I got ideas, somebody else go do it, you know?
0: That's pretty much what this podcast is for me. I got uh-huh. ideas, Joe, go do
1: it. <laughs> and how much of that gets done? Not very much. Uh, true. All right, let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, I'm assuming that we're going to start with Batman number 96, since that's the book we're both looking forward to coming out this week. Yes. Uh, written by James Tinney IV, with art by Jorge Jimenez hmm Uh, continuation of the Joker War. Batman drawing ever closer to what the Joker's big plan is for the city. Mass hysteria, dogs and cats living together. Batman still crazy, thinking Alfred is talking to him. I I don't want to say poo pooed it last month or two weeks ago when we talked about Batman 95. I'm like, mm, that's kind of a cheap way to get Batman or Alfred still in the book when he's dead. Now we're two issues in. I get you. I'm with you. I understand why it's happening. I'm okay with it now. Not that I wasn't okay with it before. I'm more okay with it now.
0: Right. It's basically giving a reason. And I'm fine with it. Um, getting to see the Joker's plan. And how he has you know the fundage now. To do what Batman kind of did. And get people to do. And his big plan with the theater. From last week. Is is very very cool. And I... Like, you know, I'm just all around enjoying this book and uh, it's good to see some, you know, some certain characters pop up and the visions that are had that uh, Batman are having from the punchline uh, talks and is very interesting. You know, like like we say every month, uh, I, I love this book. It looks good. It reads good. It's good. There you go.
1: Right. So um We knew what the Joker's plan was for Batman, Bruce, but I don't think we realized it was going to be this grim and gross and dark and disgusting. Right. Yeah. Um, I was surprised by that. Mm -hmm. But you know what?
0: If it's going to be a war, you need an army. So Uh, I guess. And he's got an army now of, you know, people that are connected to the joker and i do like that twist so you know uh we'll we'll see uh, are you ju- are you jumping off now cuz it's too dark joe with only 4 issues to go
1: to 100 uh no no listen i'm okay with the joker being this dark he can kind of sort of get away with it mm-hmm. um but because this was and again as grounded as a batman story could be involving an evil clown and his evil clown girlfriend and his evil clown ex-girlfriend <laughs>
0: right
1: um this is a new wrinkle that i don't think anyone has done or if they have done they haven't done in a very long time
0: right but at least it was hinted at that he he had the ability to do this in the past in issues before this he's just doing it on a grander scale now
1: yep uh but it's really good we're we're trying to like walk around the spoilers of things you know this is a, a book that everyone should be reading it's a book that comes out every two weeks um, you could get these things digitally. Um, as these the Batman books are and have always been selling out. You know, it's DC's best selling book, and somehow like shops can't keep them in stock for whatever reason.
0: Right. You True. may even get more Batman in the near future.
1: uh uh-huh. Uh so the other book that we read is Strange Adventures number four, written by Tom King, uh with art by Doc Shaner and Mitch Gerards aforementioned on both of those people. Uh this is the continuation of the mystery of Mr oh, I'm sorry of uh uh and again Adam Strange's daughter and Mr Terrific doing the investigation of such mm-hmm. um So I really like this book. Um we do get I think in this issue and I know this is 12 issues um and typically you would get a uh so I, I'm assuming that this is the end of the first act because there's something that happens at the end of this book that kind of tips the hand, I think, of who the underlying villain in all this is going to be, which is a twist, again, that I'm sure all the pieces were there, but I thought was very interesting. Right. But the biggest knock I have against this book is it's supposed to be an Adam Strange book, but all the Mr. Terrific stuff is so much more compelling. Right i want more mr terrific and less adam strange in this book i want there to be a mr terrific ongoing book
0: i i would 100 percent agree with you the only thing is i i feel like they can't make you enjoy adam strange because we're not supposed to be sure of his motives. you know what I mean? Like the whole point of Mr. Terrific investigating the, the, the supposed murder of this character that, that Adam Strange might have done and then looking into did he do war crimes or whatever. It has to be very ambiguous because the writer, Tom King, wants you to be like – is he did he murder this guy and is he a war crime or is he go, is he a truly a hero and he didn't do any of this stuff and if you make him as great as Mr. Terrific is in this issue in these issues that doesn't work for the story you know what i mean so you have to put all your eggs in the Mr. Terrific basket and i don't see him dropping the basket because this did once again this issue with Mr. Terrific going off and like doing doing things and looking into stuff and basically taking no guff from anybody, and then on top of that, there's one moment where he does someone does something to him, and he's like, he's like, I can't believe you just did that to me, and he's like, that's my defini- what definition of fair play, son. Like that's how it works, and I'm like, this is so good um, that he's he's the crux of this book, even even though it's it's not called Adam Strange, it's Strange Adventures. So I look at it that way. Maybe it's actually a Mister Terrific book in disguise, Joe.
1: And I get what you're saying regarding how Adam Strange is positioned as a possible maybe murderer, horrible person. But this is the issue where we start to see maybe he's not.
0: Right. You said there may be some machinations behind the scenes that leads us to another villain. So, yes, I get We're what right.
1: I'm. So now at this point, after the last three issues where there was that ambiguity with Adam Strange, now this issue... And there's still eight more issues in the story to go. Everything can turn the tide. But what with, with what we've present been presented here, Mr. Terrific comes off as the more compelling character of who I want to see succeed in his mission, as opposed to Adam Strange being the person who may or may not have done something horrible, clearing his name. Gotcha. Where they should have been... And again, listen to me, some some schmo sitting in a desk chair telling a professional writer on how to do their job. But if, and that's the thing, if there was a way to make Adam Strange as sympathetic, that we wanted to see him be proven wrong or right or not to be a bad person, there wasn't enough seeds planted over the last three issues to get us to that point.
0: Right. And, I have to say, like, like what you're talking about. I like, you know, I like the way it's going. My only knock on the book, and it is because this was a up issue, especially after last month. I didn't I, like. It's almost felt a little like filler esque last month. This one, um, my only knock on it is the two, to, being told in two different times is getting a little confusing for me now. Like, there's a moment where I'm like, is this Adam Strange during the war, and like, what happened? Or is this Adam Strange now trying to get to Ran to stop uh, Mr. Trick, not stop Mr. Terrific, but to, to see him, his investigation on Rand. And it's it became a bit like, you know, okay. And I have to like look over. Does he have a beard? No, he doesn't have a beard. So it's not it's it's then, it's now. You know what I mean? So that's where I get lost. And I hope it doesn't get too too more inception trippy stuff like that. So that's my only knock on the book.
1: I felt as though this issue was the clearest they've been regarding that, just so much because the present day Adam strange stuff had such a clear narrative of him wanting to get back to Rand and the neg- uh, the uh, the Zeta beam not being available and him going to the other heroes in the DC universe for assistance. It, it, and obviously the flashback stuff played into the dead language. That Mister Terrific had translated on the sh- the ride over that they were mm-hmm. denying him access to, right? Um, that this felt the most clear to me. It's like, okay, these are the people. This is the dead language current time. This is the Adam Strange current time. Trying to get, like go to all these different people to get to Ran and the reasons why they can't help him. Gotcha. Uh, I really like this issue a lot. It's just, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's going to end with it being Strange Adventures, Mr. Terrific, Adam Strange team up to take down. Spoiler. Right. Not the spoiler or spoiler, um, you know, female Robin, previously uh, daughter of Clue Master. But, you know, I don't want to say who is there. You know, this right. is
0: right.
1: Yeah. This is not your top selling twice a month book. You know, I, I feel as I need to tiptoe a little bit more closely around this one.
0: Right. Clue master, one of the greatest heroes of all time, member of Justice League Antarctica. So I know who you're talking about, Joe.
1: All right, so that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you hope that there was a collection that was going to be coming out through DC Direct, and now it's going to be coming out through me binding them in my basement. (laughs) Be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week, as in the poll post we include what books we're getting this week, Um, or at least attempting to get this week under most circumstances. We are currently tied at 19 correct guesses uh, each, so that could easily be 119 correct guesses or zero correct guesses, (laughs) even playing field so i'm looking at your list which is a little bit leaner than mine because i got a bunch of things sprung on me this week (laughs) um i think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is immortal hulk 36 it is not (gasps) it
0: is the new tom taylor book seven secrets uh from boom correct Yes, um, I've been ter- thoroughly enjoying Immortal Hulk, and usually it would be, but Tom Taylor's sl- slowly rising the ranks in my in my book of writers, and I want to, you know, this is something new, and I'm hoping it's as good as everything that, uh, you know, I've been seeing from him so far, so. That's the book I'm looking forward to. But is the book you are looking forward to? Oh, and by the way, if you book books in your basement, they all the pages would be in the right order and all the panels would be there, not like DC. But the book you're looking forward to most is Immortal Hulk? It is. It is Immortal Hulk number
1: 36. Uh, seven Secrets number one, second on my list. Um, again, it's a uh, – I'm – just getting into tom taylor it is his new book it does have a lot of buzz behind it mm-hmm. um but it takes a lot to beat immortal hulk i'm
0: i'm with you hope is beating immortal hulk you know what i mean that's gotcha. what's happening for me and it is the biggest book i think boom has ever has ever had pre-ordered so good for him you know
1: yeah boom is on us a, a, a string right now man they're on the up um that something is killing the children has been like a secret success Mm -hmm. uh seven secrets here was a very big pre-ordered book um i know we talked before they have the keanu reeves book coming out later this year uh they are making strides man they're making moves to get um up into the top three if they're not already in the top five you know what i mean right right they ain't fooling around so while you're over at longboxheroes.com be sure to check out all the other stuff that exists over there whether it be past episodes of this show past episodes Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. There's also a little button there underneath our banner for a store where you can purchase shirts or pins or stickers that I have right on me in my and my person that we could send out today. Hey, if you're going to be at the Moaning Drive-In this weekend and you want one of those things, you could save a couple shekels on shipping and I could bring some with me. Uh, but if you want even more designs from things inspired by this show, things inspired by the Longbox Heroes After Dark, things inspired by ad Odds with Wrestling, things inspired by Final Wrestling Place, also in that store link is a link to our Tee Public store where you can buy any of those designs and shirts and stickers and pins and phone cases and tapestries and children's clothing and all sorts of behoove you nonsense, masks and everything that you could possibly imagine. You could also help us out by signing up for our Patreon. I almost went into our Patreon plug a little bit earlier on in the show when talking about Longbox Heroes After Dark because if you're at the $5 level, not only do you get Longbox Heroes After Dark 3 or 4 days before everyone else, so you get these shows in the correct listening order the order in which we record things, that is. Uh, But you also get our two monthly bonus shows, Babbling Brooks, talking about the films of Mel Brooks, and Previewing the Past, where Todd and I look at the previous catalog from 30 years ago this month, two weeks before everyone else, because everyone else, no matter how much is put into the Patreon, you get those two bonus shows, just the $5 folks get them a little bit before you do.
0: All worth the price.
1: Another way that you can help us out is by clicking the Amazon banner at the top of the page at LongBoxHeroes.com. Does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Lot of purchases. Some of the notable purchases in the last seven days through the Amazon click-through include... Somebody purchased... The Laurie Friedman books, Mallory versus Max, and Mallory versus or goes green. These appear to be some sort of young adult, um, you know, preteen books, kind of in the vein of a precursor to a Judy Bloom book. If you read those as a child, uh, I assume that those are those. Someone who listens to the show purchased those and they'll correct me. And I certainly hope they do, because I'm just kind of talking by the seat of my pants here.
0: And I'm going to take your word for it, because I thought maybe they were, uh, you know, spinoffs of Family
1: Ties written in the book.
0: So I have no
1: idea. That would have been the uh, Nick spinoffs that they would have been doing. And then uh, My Demon Lover, the movie that also starred Nick, essentially <laughs> as the same character, because he had no range.
0: Or he had all the range, but it was one character.
1: Mm. Uh, Somebody also purchased the book, Manic Panic, Living in Color, A Rebellious Guide to Hair, Color, and Life. That was an interesting purchase as someone who went through a phase uh, 20 years ago (laughs) trying to do weird things with this hair. And there's a lot more people doing weird things with their hairs these days.
0: The hair on your head or the hair on your back?
1: Ah, well, again... Either one is going to be a task these days I'm about I'm five months plus Of a haircut talking to someone who's never had a haircut In their life so
0: Lots of Bigfoot sightings near your house
1: apparently uh, Somebody purchased A thousand feet of Brown general purpose Masking paper uh, That will go well with the 60 rolls Of masking tape somebody purchased <laughs> Elsewhere uh, Somebody also purchased The blu-rays of Star Trek First Contact and Star Trek Insurrection.
0: First Contact, Great Insurrection, pfft, garbage.
1: I find it odd that they have taken to numbering the Star Trek movies. I like Because these are like next generation movies, right?
0: Right, which were the continuations of the originals.
1: Right, but I don't like them adding... Like Once you got to part six of Voyage Home with the right. original cast... Like the new ones, either start a new numbering or don't number them at all. Don't like act as though it's a continuation, a sequel to The Voyage Home.
0: Which they didn't originally. So, like, but what would you have done with Generations that was the crossover between the two? Would that have been and then just call it
1: Star Trek Generations?
0: And then start like Star Trek First Con Star Trek the Next Generation First Contact and then Star Trek Next Generation 2 Insurrection?
1: No, just Star Trek, uh, next, you can even just say it's Star Trek, like to make the delineation there, like Star Trek, then you have Star Trek, next generation, first contract, Star Trek, next generation, insurrection, whatever.
0: Right. But I think they've already even done that. Like nobody, not too many people, like everybody just goes like Wrath of Khan, you know, the voyage home. So people can't even forget about the numbers. I'm with you on the numbering for
1: especially the next generation movies. But what are you going to do? Correct. Uh, Somebody also purchased a Blu-ray three pack of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Mm-hmm. Uh, We could sit here and rank these movies, but why rank them? I love these three movies. They're awesome. Shaun of the Dead is probably my favorite if I had to choose one, but I really like all three of these movies.
0: Right. We, we won't rank them, but Shaun of the Dead, The World's End, Hot Fuzz. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Move on. Anywho.
1: I th- oh Todd's art attack. Hey, we had a bunch of Todd's art attack. What's in Todd's art attack this week?
0: Yes, we did. Um, we had a bunch from Rebecca's art. It was Rebecca has a huge sweet tooth and came up with this to express it, which is a person wearing uh ice cream sundaes and cookies on their head. I guess that'll keep them cool in this sweltering uh summer too. So that's that's a really nice piece. Um, also, oh,
1: I, I have to have my commentary on that. I like. In the picture, we can see some of the art tools that they've used Ooh, in yes. the background there as well. And I also want to commend them, uh, while they do have ice cream with some sort of Nilla wafer candy stuck in them, I do want to applaud them from going away from any sort of gummy candy.
0: Gummy candy's good for the teeth, Joe.
1: Mm.
0: Gets in between and cleans all the gunk out of it. But uh, And we also have a twofer from Brent Anderson... Um, uh, T-Bolt 712 uh, sent in a Storm and or Wolverine uh, and he says, oh, I lost it there for a second, he says that one of my favorite stories is X-Men God God Loves Man Kills, I. T- he was lucky enough to get a commission from Brent Anderson this summer and couldn't choose the character he was surprised and thrilled to open up the package and see Wolverine or Storm, so I know basically he sent in, he's like, hey, let me get the, a head sketch of I Can't Decide, Wolverine or Storm and he surprised him with this and that's absolutely fantastic a little bit of an upgrade there, so that's really- Really nice you like that piece joe uh
1: hey that's a really nice piece um he could keep that one okay
0: fair enough and also i have one for the first time in a while and it just came today as we record this um is a brent anderson hangman piece it was supposed to be a 9 by 12 half body with tones or maybe some color he sent a note saying he got carried away doing it and became full body and i Fully painted, I think. I'll call it mixed media with a bit of background, but instead of 9 by 12, it's 11 by 17. And I was absolutely like blown away when I opened it up because he also, again, he sent it as a surprise to do it. And I also took a picture of the note that he wrote me, uh, the very nice note that he signed, which I'm going to keep with the piece. But that is one of my favorite pieces in my collection. And it's absolutely amazing, Joe.
1: Uh, Hard pressed to disagree. The light work on that if that makes any sense
0: mm-hmm. the way the they, shadowing.
1: yes the shadowing on that is breathtaking to say the least mm-hmm.
0: and i found out some stuff that uh if he's going to upgrade you a lot and i did not know this it's through the grapevine on some of the art pages that i go to is that he does it a lot on the hanged man he's like because there's no detail because it's basically a black stocking even though it's supposed to be like a negative thing so he has no detail on the body it's just an outline and then he just slathers it with paint or ink to do the black stuff so he's like oh if i'm just gonna do that that's almost nothing so half bodies become whole head sketches become busts and then it's like oh we'll add some background because i'm not drawing any of the character and i found that out later but I got it because it is literally in maybe – it's definitely in my top ten stories of all time. Um, maybe my top fives is the Hangman story in Astro City one half. And we you know talked about it a little bit uh, on we, Todd and Joe Have Issues. And I chatted with Brent Anderson in emails as he was doing it, like, about it. That it's still to this day one of the greatest stories ever drawn and written. So that's why I picked this
1: character. And before, so uh, before you get into this uh, another story, I'm going to ask you about um, one. If you look at the the show notes with this, uh, that issue that Todd is talking about, Astro City one half is a b- available, and ha- it's like one of those perennial free books on comicsology. And the link to it is in the show notes, and are always in the show notes.
0: Right. I can't and, recommend it enough to read it.
1: Of course, and I would also be re- remiss, uh, listener of the show, longtime friend of the show, Matt Turner. Uh, his daughter has been testing out her r- drawing chops, and she did a Dr. Doom uh, in a very Jack Kirby style, looking for your attention, Todd, of course, saying Dr. Doom is your favorite. Um, and she did a very good piece. I've known Lily her entire life. I haven't seen her in a long time. And seeing pictures of, of her as a almost grown-up kid makes me feel really, really old.
0: Yes. And that Dr. Doom is absolutely fantastic. And between, you know, like a lot of the, the younger, uh, we have some young people drawing and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, when I'm at the old folks home, I'll be, these people will be drawing the comics that we're reviewing on Skype from one, you know, old folks home to the other.
1: So, uh, you talked about the Brent Anderson thing. You talked about getting a chance to converse with him. Uh, I think you also had a chance to converse with someone else, correct? That
0: is true. Um, as we were discussing earlier about James, uh, Jason Aaron doing the Hero Initiative things, I found out that uh, Derek Robertson was doing a uh, Heroes Initiative. Like you ended up paying a fee, and you would get a sketch, uh, which we'll talk about. But uh, it's you basically get a Zoom meeting code, and he, he, you know they keep it small and quaint where it was it's only four people and then there's a host who was an editor at malibu and i forget his name right now um but he hosts it and keeps it keeps it what do you call it uh low-key like um i've heard about other ones where it's like oh i'm gonna manage it and do traffic uh control and everything like that um but because it's four people uh and i've heard other people talk about it he'll be like all right i'm gonna mute everybody and you get to talk with debt with the, the creator that you've you've you know chosen and then we'll go round robin but this one was mu- even much quainter because it was me Derek robertson the host and only another guy because the other two had bowed out because one was a ups driver and was working late and could not uh make the the meeting and the other one just never showed up So it was me and this other guy. So it was more like no muting. It was more just like ask what you want. And then Derek would talk. And Derek had some like really great stories. um, Cause they're like, all right, everybody gets one question uh, to start off. And then we'll, we'll see how the thing goes. What's your question. (laughs) And I, and I'm like, I just want to know whose idea was it when you like did stuff with, and I said Garth Ennis, but he did do it, but mostly Greg Rucka and you drew, drew Wolverine you drew him as like five foot two and he looked like a fire hydrant, like a fire plug, which is the way Wolverine is supposed to look until Hugh Jackman, you know, portrayed him in the X-Men movies. Like he's like, Thank you. He's like, I combed over those Marvel universes back in the day. And Wolverine is five foot three. So he has to look up at, at Cyclops and Cyclops has to look down at him. He goes, and I will never draw him like a different way. That, And I was like having a blast with that, uh, talking about that Wolverine should be short. And the other question that really jumped out at me was the other guy asked him how close uh, Transmet ever got to being made. Uh, because the boys is on t- you know TV and coming back and he said the closest was 2000 the year 2000 and Patrick Stewart had opted for the uh. for the thing and he was going to play Spider Jerusalem in 2000 and do the TV show and it just fell away but the, that's the closest I think Patrick Stewart you know 20 years ago uh would have been would have been great I would have loved to watch that show
1: I would have loved to have seen Patrick Stewart get a chance to kind of flex that acting muscle. I'm not saying that he couldn't do it, because I'm certain that he could. But he doesn't get the chance to be like that manic, crazy person that Spider Jerusalem was.
0: Right. He's always the noble, like, you know, like, has that British, like, acting chops to him where everything's like, you know, like, respectful and stuff like that. And just to be a degenerate, like, spider Jerusalem would be fantastic. And then we asked him, like, I uh, I forget who asked, because it was going back and forth. But like, oh, it was me, actually. Uh, Did you, did you have did you base it on anybody? Or like did you have, and he goes no no he goes my design yes he goes but it it came from a collaboration with Warren where he's like it was like basically he described the suit he's like he wears a black jacket no t-shirt black slacks um, and he's he's riddled in, in tattoos and he's like and then from there obviously I had to draw a black jacket and pants he goes but I just des- designed them thin and he, I designed the glasses wh- that would take pictures and I found that fascinating and then like designing the universe which was totally fun because it's this futuristic world which is different than doing the Marvel or the DC superhero world and he's like so I'm drawing it and then like I do this and like I, I here's my, my, my ideas and I'm sending them off to a Warren and I'm like, and he's like, who's this like double-faced cat that's in the background? And I'm like, that's eh, it's the future. You have mutations. Their cats are eating out of garbage in this giant city. Who knows what's in it in the future that there's chemicals. So the cat mutated two-faced. And Warren's like, that cat is now Spider Jerusalem's pet and everything like that. So I'm like, this was really cool. If you can ever do it with the creator. That you see, that you like, that you know that, that that there's something there, do it because it is very personable. It is very nice. They start at a time and they go. It'll go 45 minutes, um, maybe longer. Mine went 55, almost an hour. Um, I know uh, our friend, the art uh, collector, he did one with uh, Nicola Scott that went for an hour and 15 minutes. But granted, there was four people in that one, so probably you know took more time and, you know, people had questions. So everybody can get a chance, but do it. And then on top of that, I'm getting a, a small sketch from them of the character of my choice, which I'm not going to mention. It'll be a surprise. Um, you get, you get that. Writers. I don't know what you get, but usually the artists are more expensive because you're going to get a piece of artwork along with it. So
1: sure. Now question I have uh, is, did you ask Derek Rob uh, Robertson about his time working on uh justice league international toward the end of that run or the middle like middle end of that run right he did i believe he
0: only did one issue in all okay kind of a he was kind of a fill-in but uh i should have but it was more it was actually weird because when i would get hit with like my turn because the 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 handler would be like all right todd i'm like oh i don't have a question ready because i was listening to what he was saying and i was kind of starstruck at times But it was it was it was it was kind of cool. I mean, he had some some truly interesting stories to tell. But no, I should have asked him about Justice League International.
1: Yeah, I I could have swore it was like maybe at least two issues, if I'm not mistaken. Not that that makes a difference, but
0: right. I'd have to look it up. But either way, it's it's good, you know, like it was a good time. Do it up, you know.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. I'm glad you got a chance to do something like that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll do it again if uh if I see
1: somebody I like depending on how much it costs, I might do the um I might do the Jason Aaron one just so we could talk about um sports and entertainment.
0: Right. I think he actually just sold out Joe.
1: Oh, sassafras. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now according to this and I'm just trying to get uh, a handle on it through his bibliography he did um Justice League quarterly number 4 right and then it says he did a run on Justice League Europe um, Okay then yes it looks like yeah so it was like yeah it was like issue 26 and then 30 to 35
0: which would have been during the breakdowns run. So he didn't do Justice League International proper. He did Justice League Europe. But I think he did do one issue of Justice League International, which was
1: what was confusing me. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So that's it for the main show. We're now going to talk about the season finale of Stargirl. If you have not watched it yet, because it's airing as we record this, on the cw todd and i get it a day early because we are uh c or two days earlier whatever it is uh because we're cd uh dc universe members subscribers i forget the name of whatever the service it's is D-
0: you nailed it it's dc universe joe
1: dc universe subscribers or something uh so if you don't want it spoiled, don't care etc we bid you adieu thanks for listening uh, episode five fifteen, long box heroes, and then I'm going to take a break here to take a drink of water, and then we're going to talk about Stargirl. Fair enough. Mm. All right, Star Girl. Um, I liked it. I know at the beginning of the show you um tried to rile me up by poo pooing on the uh, CGI.
0: Hmm.
1: But I think by having two CGI monstrosities battle each other. It ended up flowing better. Uh, There wasn't as much direct interaction with our man until the end with Solomon Grundy. Uh, There were a couple close ups of the face where they purposely like had him growl into the camera Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that felt a little like, hey, this is what we do with our 3D movies in 1982. Right. Um, Like you're showing off this thing that just looks passable. All right. I guess, you know, I, I can't fault you for being proud of this um but i thought this was really good i thought everything wrapped up really well i'd like that it wrapped up with like maybe like six to seven minutes to go so we can get some closure for the characters for the season some teaser stuff for season two um you know right i just want to say of the cgi stuff
0: i didn't mind the 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 solomon grundy i always think that the stripe robot looks amazing um the only cgi that i had a problem with was uh stripesy and barbara on the roof of the building and you could obviously tell that they had used a green screen and the blue sky just looked ridiculously fake and i'm like you can't just take outside and point the camera up but what are you gonna do that was my biggest problem but the the way it all comes around um, and to especially and I just right to the ending where, you know, uh, Courtney says to, to, to Pat that, you know, you were my father, you were more my father than my real father, blah, blah, blah. Don't fight this. And he gets out of it. And then they go to the end and she had been saving the, the gift for him all season for her real father and gives it to Pat at Christmas of the world's best dad mug. And okay. You're just going to take, you know, a great, emotional moment and then add christmas which i don't know if it's one of my favorite things in comics and you bring it around like that was a truly just like like a heartfelt moment that i really like because we had seen the gift over the course of the season and they didn't beat you over the head with it you saw it like three times and we're good with that and I, i i loved it the only maybe small problem i had with it is and over the course of uh the season was the uh the zombies for uh, Dr. Ito. Uh, I'm not sure if what they were and if we were killing them or not. So I'm not really sure if like we just bet them up and then they fell down and everything's okay. But it seems like a lot of people were getting really messed up. But then to see uh, wildcat murder doctor uh, or uh, brainwave when we thought it was going to be our man who kills Solomon Grundy, the swap was kind of a nice thing. So and getting the the fake out of Brainwave Jr. being alive and then not alive, which he may still be alive. Who knows?
1: Right. Uh, Like that fake out, of course. Uh, I like the fake out of Shiv uh, being the one who kills Dr. Ito, her dad. Mm -hmm. And then she's still left around, of course. Uh, I like the fact that uh, Mike got to be the one to take out Icicle. Right. Um, And I think... The way that things have been set up, I know that they teased earlier in the season with his friend Jaquim. I can see Mike ending up being uh Johnny Thunder, getting the pen, getting the genie, getting that sort of thing.
0: No, I still stand Jaquim is gonna get the pen and the because we don't really I mean, obviously, uh what's Wildcat is I think Spanish. That they're not gonna not have uh a a black character in this. Jakim's gonna show up and he's gonna get the he's gonna get the pen. You know what I mean? Not, right. not even, and in it that Mike has the whole thing of like he's like, maybe the, if I had touched the staff first, it would have chose me. I think he's gonna be the guy always on the outside of the JSA looking at. Him. He's gonna be the new stripesy. Kinda the everyman kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I um. would have liked to seen uh the shining knight suit up once because when they showed the goggles which got destroyed and made me sad um uh then they showed him wearing the helmet on the close-up i was like oh man i would have really liked to seen him not in the janitor's overall swinging the sword you know
1: Uh, i'm okay with that again justin's my least favorite part of the show
0: justin is fantastic but he's gone off to bring back the this the the seven soldiers so if i get an old old man cowboy vigilante i'll be
1: happy okay so we get a bunch of tease stuff of course for next season of course as you mentioned uh the dr midnight goggles have been destroyed um and they're gonna fix them so we got that to resolve right Mm uh shiv cindy uh finds the eclipso gem and i marked out huge for that
0: Oh, my God! And speaking of that, I actually have a replica of the of the it when it when the Eclipso toy came out, it came with a gem in the in the and I was like, I'm not a big Eclipso guy like as the cat I don't need an action figure, but I need an Eclipso gem. So I marked out two when that happened. I thought maybe it might have been Zatanna for a minute looking in the magic stuff, but then we saw it was Cindy,
1: so yeah, yeah. Um, we well, I you all so, like I said, I I knew it was in the Injustice Society basement, so I knew it wasn't that wasn't gonna be like a new character, but anyway, uh, we get Shade, uh, appearance, which I Uh, think not in in any of the ways that we projected, but at least maybe setting up him being the baddie for next year.
0: I thought we kind of predicted that we wouldn't see the character who played him, but he would show up.
1: Well, no, I think it was more so like I said, like he was specifically gonna come and do this and i think you said he was going to come and do this and he just showed up and said like i'm here sort of thing right right and then of course uh we get the reveal that sylvester pemberton is still alive
0: right so we thought
1: all the members of the jsa were dead and the nerd that i am i was able to recognize joel McHale from the aerial shot of his hairline
0: All joking aside, I even think there was like a shot, like an overhead shot and off the side. You're like, that's Pemberton. Like that's Joel McHale. Like I think they, they, they did themselves a disservice, like with the angle on the shot that like he Uh should have walked up and been a complete surprise. If that makes any sense, because at first I was like, oh, did the father like sell the, sell the lockets and get a car? And he was going to do something. But then I was like, as soon as the car stopped, I was like, nope, nope that's
1: Joel McHale. Yep. So a lot of things to build for next season. Um and it very easily could have been a way that if this didn't get picked up for a season two, a lot of that stuff was just extraneous and they could have just left on the cutting room floor.
0: Yep. You could have just left the the you could have left the gem, shade and Pemberton out, and you would have been yep. good. Or even if you did, even if you did and left it as is, as a nice Easter eggs for people like us, it's like, okay, this is stuff we were going to, th- the main story has wrapped up and these were teasers for next season. Uh, we never got them. Oh, well, that's not the worst way to, that I've seen a series end with like, you know, lots of, you know, dangling uh, threads that we never got to. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh, But all in all, uh, if you missed out on Stargirl for whatever reason, uh, check it out um as mentioned it's on dc universe i'm sure it'll be up on cw's website i'm sure it'll be on hbo's app because that's where a lot of the dc stuff seems to be going Mm -hmm. um find it where you can it was really good Uh, it was a pleasant surprise from beginning to end um i think there was maybe like one episode that we didn't love right so uh yeah if you're if you're an old dc head like we are then definitely uh i think you'll enjoy it i agree So we are going to be taking a break from any sort of TV movie talk or otherwise for the next three weeks, I think, until the boys, not of summer, uh, make their return on Amazon Prime, I think. They're doing like two episodes the first week. Is that correct?
0: I think they are doing a slow rollout and then they're going to just like drop it all at the end or something.
1: I think, let me see. Uh, Okay, so it's three episodes are rolling out on September 4th, and then it's going to be one episode a week every Friday after that until uh, we get to eight episodes.
0: Will you be able to get through the first three?
1: I am going to watch those three episodes, whether with my wife or not. If she decides sleep is more important, then that's her loss.
0: There you go. She can use the Kindle you bought her to to watch them on her own. So.
1: But, yeah, so so, a couple weeks off for TV movie talk. But then um, with those first three episodes of The Boys on the 4th of September, we'll have a lot to discuss then.
0: Yes, sir
1: All right. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 515 Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thank you again for listening, and we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.